Good morning, Faith Family. We are excited to go further with you this morning, and I not that I don't mean it genuinely in other episodes, but I am very excited to, to for this episode today. My uncle, Jim Baxter, is on the show today. Jim, welcome to the show. Bo, it's a great honor and uh, to be here, and I appreciate the invitation to be able to share. Well, uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the relationship particularly between Catholics and Baptists, and maybe some things we can stack hands on. Yep. Um, but i got to tell you, Ryan, do you have an uncle who is kind of, uh, you show up to, whether it be Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever it is, and you know it's just going to be that much. Oh, yeah, be. I'm asking if he's going to be there. That, that, was, <laughs> that was Uncle Jim for me growing up. Awesome. I, I, I won't go as far as to say, just out of respect for my other uncles, I won't go as far as to say you're my favorite uncle, but I knew that uh, going to events when you were there was a special time. Uh, some of my favorite memories, walking into, whether it be Thanksgiving or Christmas, yeah. you had a guitar, you had the karaoke machine, or sometimes a combination of the two. It was like walking on an SNL <laughs> Um Love that. But today we're going to talk about uh, something maybe uh, a little more serious, and I'm excited about that too because, you know, maybe just right off the bat, there's a, a, a shameless plug for whoever's watching this to get to know your relatives. <laughs> I've, I've known you my whole life, but I don't think we've ever had a conversation with this much depth and talking about our faith and sharing our stories. And yeah. I'm just, I'm really excited to go further with you, totally no agree. pun intended, yeah. uh, today. Yeah. Uh, so, formally, uh, you are a part of the Catholic Church, and you have a role in... The, tell us about what you do formally. I am currently the RCIA director at St. Jude Thaddeus here in town, and um, I've been doing that for about eight years now, And um, but I've also worked in uh, the youth ministry. I serve as a lector commentator. In other words, I, I do the readings. Um, I serve as a Eucharistic minister, but uh, this, this ministry with bringing people into the church... Um, is really really close to my heart, and uh, I'm I'm pleased to be able to offer that, you know, and to serve Christ that way. Well, I don't know you that well, Joe. I just met you today. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, I wish I had all these great memories with you. They sound awesome. But so for our our watchers and our listeners, and and myself today, starting even back before that, can you talk about your testimony and how that's made you who you are? Yeah, I appreciate you asking. Um, born and raised Catholic, um, having gone through all the sacraments. Uh, and and you know you go through those little periods where you kind of you fade away. Mm-hmm. Um, high school, college, really brought back um, to Christ during um, my time at University of North Texas in Denton, and then um, becoming a father. Um, that was uh, even more growth in my faith, and I wanted to be that father who took my kids to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my son was diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, my youngest son, Stuart. And that was uh, back in 92. And we fought cancer for about four years, four years and three months. And um, he had um, a couple of transplants, uh, bone marrow and peripheral blood stem cell transplant. And then when they quit working, um, you know, I've I've always had this close relationship with Christ, but he was really right there with me Mm. through those days. And I spent a lot of time on my knees. I'd go by St. Jude's when the church was closed and I had it to myself and prayed and cried or prayed and gave thanks because he was either in relapse or he was in remission Mm. during those last two years. But it's one thing to have this uh, great faith, um, but then to be able to share that faith to such an intense level with your two sons, one who was dying and the other one who needed to work through that, that... um, 
I really, I really felt uh, an especial closeness to Christ. Mm. And, and I have to share that I've, I've told this to people before where that, if you wanted to, to narrow it down to one moment, um, being with him for so many hours and so many days, long weeks, inpatient at MD Anderson Cancer Center, pediatric. And something as simple as walking into, um, he needed help to go to the bathroom. And um, it's like 2.30 in the morning, and I'm exhausted, and I'm about to carry him back to bed. And he gives me this little kiss on the top of my forehead mm-hmm. and just simply says, I love you. And I, it was it was a God moment. I, I knew that I was not alone in this process. Mm-hmm. He was not alone in the process. That no matter how, our, how this ended, that he was going to be okay. And that's that's a real uh, important um, time. It's one of those little subtle, very intimate moments that I just shared, and I hope mm-hmm. that's okay. But um, I'll never forget that. And I, I, he's been gone 26 years now, and I still think about him every day. Mm-hmm. And thank God for the fact that we could say goodbye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for sharing that. I mean, going mm-hmm. back to what you said, uh, asking about his testimony, again, this is someone who I've known my entire life and getting to hear, you know, it, there's just certain things that you don't know how to ask about. And obviously I knew Stuart and um, hearing you talk about that and how it grew your faith. And, man, that's, that's incredible. We should talk more. We should talk more. <laughs> Family should talk more. Um, and and ultimately, so. <laughs> ultimately the church should talk more, uh, which is really the heartbeat of today's conversation. You know, I was, I totally I was preparing agree. for... Yep. For this time together, and uh, I was doing some reading this weekend, and shameless plug, I was reading uh, Disciple Making Disciples, Dr. Moody's new book, mm-hmm. and there's this part in there that just made me laugh, because he talks about Baptists and Catholics um, in the context of John 4. In John 4, um, you have uh, the Samaritan woman at the well, and she says, you know, we, we worship on that mountain, and you Jews worship in Jerusalem, yeah. and he compared that to... Uh, specifically Baptists and Catholics. You know, often that's our mentality of we do this and y'all do that, but here's what Jesus says. He Mm -hmm. says, there's coming a day where we will worship in spirit and truth. And I hope that we can have enough fruitful conversation where we can get out of our denominational differences. Totally agree. And come together in unity and talk about what matters most. Absolutely. I know that's something that's dear to you and uh, the, the classes that you teach and also here uh, at First Baptist, we're passionate about being the church the other six days of the week, not just going to church on Sunday. Absolutely. Um, so in the context of that, uh, and also to be fair, obviously I don't represent all Southern Baptists, and you aren't claiming to represent all Catholics. I don't, we represent don't wanna, all Catholics. We, we don't want to <laughs> pretend like that, but these conversations are meaningful, mm-hmm. and hopefully they're encouraging uh, for the church at large. Um, there, We were talking about this last week as we you know, kind of, we're talking about what we wanted to discuss, and there are, God, there's enough people pointing fingers at each other, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. In, in the political world, whatever it is, yeah. constantly <clears throat> you get on social media, and there's just people going at each other. Correct. And I think it was you that said that the church needs to be the one leading in these grace-filled conversations. Yeah, yeah because there's a lot of darkness out there, and there's a lot of um, hatred based on lack of information. Right. And the more you know about people that you might have differences with, often that's kind of a, a meeting point. That's a place for us to be united. But, yeah, we're, we're the ones that ought to be the light and the dark. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. 
and when we have these conversations, we, we learn, we grow, we're better because of it. I'm reminded of, you know, we're going to talk about some of our differences, but I'm reminded of uh, a friend of mine who uh, has a different understanding of speaking in tongues uh, than I do. Yeah. And we had a conversation about that, and I walked away. One of the, the key things that I asked him was, do you, do you believe that this is a mark of salvation, that this is a mm. way to get to heaven? And he said, no, we don't believe that. And, and I thought that. I assumed that. And um, so anytime we talk and we have a dialogue, it's fruitful. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk about some things. There, there yeah. are definitely some things that we agree on, whether it be the Trinity, the yep. deity of Jesus, Absolutely. Um, Jesus' resurrection. Yep. Um, but there are also some things we disagree on. And True. we don't want to uh, just sweep those under the rug and pretend like those things don't exist. They are real. They're real. Um, things <clears> like Mary <throat> uh, or the role of the Pope. Uh, we could we could have an hour-long conversation <laughs> on each of these things. Easily. But, About but, any one of them. Yeah. Right. But one of, the th- one of the things I want to kind of... <clears throat> ask you specifically about is communion. Um, That's something that personally I have uh, wrestled with. I've attended a few mass um, gatherings, and um, in that I've felt at times that I was um, denied salvation in a way because I was denied communion. And so can you talk, if I felt that way, then maybe someone else has felt that way. No, I've heard that before. and and I just want to say I'm sorry you felt that way, and maybe if I can explain it a little bit, um, that might help. First of all, I have to tell you that there's no Catholic anywhere that I know of, not here locally, not not Bishop Toops or the Pope or anybody, even at that level, who can deny you salvation. That's really between you and God. And what we are trying to say when we say we would prefer that you cross your arms and come up for a blessing unless you are in full communion with the Catholic Church and everything that it teaches. And so it's, it's just quite simply that. Um, that to receive Holy Eucharist in the Catholic Church, we would want you to be in full communion with everything that the Church teaches. I got the reverse of that when when Paul and I were dating and, at, um, and they had a communion service at the old church downtown. And she whispered, you can have that. <laughs> and I said, no, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, because I don't believe everything that the Southern Baptist Church teaches. I just don't. So I'm not in communion with your church. If I were, I would happily receive. But there's, that's why there's, we reserve that. It's privilege. It'd be a privilege to receive communion in your church. It'd be a privilege to receive communion in ours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's mutual respect that we're just trying to say, Know what you're agreeing to. Yeah, yeah. We generalizing here, uh, running that risk. But yeah. you know, maybe we view it simply as uh, Baptist or Protestants view it simply as remembering the covenant. And there's a little more complexity for Catholics <clears throat> than participating in the covenant. Christ's own words at the Last Supper: "Do this in memory of me." Right. And we hear those words at communion every day of the week. We have mass, and those words are repeated at the altar. Do this in remember and remembrance of me, and so we we do remember, and we also um, take that into our hearts, and we we um, it's part of our going up to receive communion is to be a part of that that communion in the upper room. Yeah. Well, Bo, you mentioned it. One of the things we do agree on is the uh, what Christ did on the cross and that covenant He made with us, and one of the most beautiful uh, ways we see that in Scripture, uh, I guess the most 
direct, a, 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 a passionate, clear example of that is what happens on the cross with Jesus and then the other uh, two criminals who are being crucified. Right. Uh, Luke chapter 23. One criminal on a cross is saying, if you're the Savior, if you're the Messiah, get us out of here. Get us off these wooden crosses. Whereas the other one is <laughs> looking at this guy and saying, you don't know what this guy is. Matter of fact, he says, uh, reading from uh, Luke chapter 23, uh, the one of the criminals uh, says to the other, uh, we are being punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, pointing at Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when, you, when I come into your kingdom. And Jesus says to him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And, and I think, you know, we talk about our, our disagreements and, and what we do agree upon. And uh, that clarity of Jesus speaking to this man is a, a beautiful example of that. And that good thief in his humility and recognizing Christ as who he is and saying, you know, I'm a sinner, but mm. please remember me. And, and Jesus, of course, is very loving to him. My question has always been, did Jesus love the bad thief? <laughs> and it's, it's important to consider that because of who he is. I like to think about that. And then I also like to think about what would have happened if not only was um, the bad thief uh, the good thief, excuse me, saved for eternity, but also was physically saved from the cross. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. rescued. Life change. Mm-hmm. Different guy. Yeah, he's a disciple. Yeah, and he acts out. He he says, "I want to be like Christ," and he imitates him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we have that that unique privilege yeah. of being on this side of the cross, of being rescued to yeah. be rescuers. And amen. We may do it in in different ways. I, I love that. Uh, one of the things, I, or a couple of the things I saw was he, he feared God. He believed Jesus was who he said he was. Absolutely. Key things. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Jesus made that covenant with him, which Dr. Moody talked about this past Sunday mm-hmm. of what a covenant was in the context of marriage. You know, there's a sacrifice that goes into that. There's so many parallels. Great sermon. Of, you know, what is it, First Corinthians 13 that's the, the love chapter? Yeah. I, I think Philippians 2 might be a better love chapter. <laughs> Just talking about Jesus's humility as he came down and was obedient even to death on a cross yeah. um, and what that meant for you and I, um, all of us. Um, mm-hmm. There was a sacrifice, there was an oath, and even we have a written document to help us understand and live out. Thankfully, that. yes. Yeah. And as Catholics, we, have the, it's, we see it as agape love, living for the other. Mm. Yeah. And when two people are in a marriage and they both exercise agape love, Instead of the opposite, which is eros, right. what can you do for me? But instead, what can I do for you? And both of those people in that marriage relationship, that's a blessed home. Mm-hmm. And those are blessed children. Yeah, yeah. Jesus made uh, the covenant. God made a covenant with us through Jesus, right? Yeah. This was not a covenant made with Satan. Jesus was not a payment to Satan for that, right? And that, no. that was with us. Exactly. Yeah. And he, he talks about it again, and he mentioned love in, in Luke 22, or excuse me, Matthew 22. Yep. Uh, what does what God answer with when they ask him what's the greatest commandment? Love God, but right after that, yep. directly after that, yep. love people. Yep. Love God, love people. To the extent of Matthew 25, feed, feed the homeless, mm. clothe the naked, yeah. shelter the, you know, uh, I mean, that's, that's also part of it. That's acting out all those things. Matthew 25 brings to life that love your neighbor as you love yourself. And maybe that's a good place to end. Another clarifying moment uh, between us. We both uh, agree 
that Jesus is the way, a personal relationship and his work on the cross is the way to heaven, Absolutely. To, yes. to salvation. It's no works of our own. However, a common misconception, uh, looking at the Catholic Church, one might say that, man, those, those Catholics are, are sure works-based. <laughs> um, and I've fallen victim to that. And I think a lot of people have heard that. Uh, have heard that. Yeah. And so maybe speak to that, you know, just in the context of love God, love people. What does that mean for a Catholic versus? Our faith comes to life through love. Mm. And love is, it happens through works. It's when we reach out, like in Matthew 25, when we right. do those things. It, it's always amazing to me because I've, I've heard it all my life. Catholics believe they can work their way into heaven. Catholic Church has never taught that. It doesn't teach it now. It's never been a part of our teaching. Other people kind of think that it is, but it's just simply not true. We believe that we're saved through grace, which is a free gift. And grace has two parts, faith and works. And it's just that simple. Mm. How do we know someone's saved? We look at their works. Uh, the, the fruit well, yeah, is you, evidence of the root. We, right. One of your church members just passed. And I look to him as a perfect example of this discussion. And we were both at his funeral. And I saw that man as a saint. And it was the way, it was what he did. Right. Not just what what he... Evident. It was evident. It was alive in him. And you could see it in his children. And you could see it in everything that he did, anybody he had contact with. Man, that's powerful. And so that that brings to life exactly that point that we're both making that we both agree on. Yeah, unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jim, thanks for coming further with us yeah. uh, and, and coming on the show, making time. I know you've got a lot going on, but making time to be a part of this. Definitely. Thank you. Like uh, I said, it's a great honor uh, and, I'm, and a privilege to be able to be here with you all. I've, I've enjoyed this conversation. Well, the reason why we did this show is um, because we know that a lot of times we talk about reaching the lost or uh, reaching uh, or discipling, disciple making and and helping people to learn to uh, obey God's word uh, and fully um, just adhere to what it says. But also, if we look around our workplace, we are surrounded by people in other denominations, and yeah. fruitful conversations are for the taking. They're, fruitful, they're, graceful conversations right. with love. I'm sure you know Catholics in the community. Yeah. Be open to a conversation yeah. like this. We need to be leading in yep. that. Um, so thank you for coming further with us this week. We hope you enjoyed this show, but we want to invite you to go further than your denomination this week. We want to invite you in spirit and truth to go and be the church.